Bart, I've asked you not to whistle that annoying tune. Everybody and welcome back once again to Simpsons is Greater Than, a podcast where we take a look at the cultural impact of anybody and everybody's favorite nuclear family on the planet. You know by now I'm talking about the Simpsons. As always, I'm your host Warren, better known to some of you as Bart of Darkness or Mr. Darkness if you prefer. You might know me from my Simpsons collection over on Instagram or Twitter. Be honest, it's great, isn't it? Go ahead and say it's great if you want to. But if not, when you're done with this episode, do me a personal favor and go check it out wherever you want. I think you'll enjoy it. So this week on the podcast, I'm joined by Lydia from The Simpsons Theory over on YouTube, but she's also the co-author of the new book, The Simpsons Secret, A Cromulent Guide to How the Simpsons Predicted Everything. Man, that's a mouthful. And I think by the time you all listen to this episode, you're going to want this book. And spoiler, she even shouts out and quotes the podcast in the book. So thank you once again, Lydia. And rather than listen to me here, let's just start the episode now. Episode 44. Let's go. probably did one of the dumbest things I've ever done this weekend and uh, what that is going to mean is still pending. So uh, I live in an area of Florida where it's called Riverside, which is in Jacksonville, Florida. And when it rains because, you know, it's like poor drainage or whatever it may be, sometimes the roads will flood a little bit. Now it usually goes down fairly quick, but if it pours rain, especially out of nowhere, the roads will get pretty full of water. Well, we're driving and I go, man, that water's pretty high on that street, but these other cars are going through it. I'm sure it's fine. And uh, long story short, my car about halfway through uh, died. And I am confident that uh, I hydrolocked my engine, which probably means my car is ruined. Oh my so, God. So uh, uh, that is the definition of pulling a Homer. And uh, I, I did it. So how does that, how does that, stri- how does that strike you, Lydia? Oh, that sounds horrific. That sounds awful. (laughs) (laughs) Like, have you taken it to the garage? Have they given you a quote or? So uh, the funny thing about that, I called my mechanic and I was like, hey, this is what happened. I need to bring my car in. And he's like, well, I'm sorry, but we're really full for the weekend. So you're going to have to wait till Monday. Uh, So my car has just been sitting on the side of the road, like uh, probably a mile, two miles from my house uh, for like two days. And uh, now the battery is dead too. So I can't even try to like jump it. Uh, so who knows? So I might be, you know, it might be fixable. It might be really expensive. If it's too expensive, I might just, uh, call it a loss and get another car. Uh, so by the time everyone is hearing this, uh, who knows what state it is in, but, uh, it was really, really stupid of me to do that. And so here we are. (laughs) It might be a relic for years to come. People be like, Oh, what happened? Something terrible must've happened. And you'd be like, oh, you come out on your porch and you're like, mm, some things have happened. And 
Well, uh, enough of enough of my like uh, bullshit, I guess I'll say. And I, I want to welcome you to the podcast, Lydia. Uh, it's going to be awesome to talk to you about the YouTube, the book, and everything. And I'm really excited about it. So thank you for uh, coming on. Thank you so much for having me. It's it's really surreal because I see the amount of guests you have, and you're such a a warm entertainer. It's very ah. surreal to be on a podcast like this. Thank you so much for having me. Nah, Lydia, that's that's so nice of you to say. Well, the the way I start them all, and this is you know a sincere question, as everyone heard, uh, I could be doing better, but I'm glad that I, you know it could always be worse. So I start them off and I ask, "How are you? Do you have anything like that going on for you? Or are you doing okay?" Yeah, I'm doing okay. Recently, I've just been feeling really, really, I work a full-time job in marketing and obviously I do the YouTube along the side. So I've been trying to figure out how I can better balance things. And I think recently I've just established like where my priorities are, what do I enjoy, what do I not enjoy. So I actually handed in my resignation about a week ago and (laughs) really scary, but um, I think I just... I think over the past year, like marketing was a complete career change for me over COVID. I just decided to apply for something completely different to what I was doing before. And um, it's taught me a lot and it's made me really quite business smart with the YouTube channel and everything. And I'm like, sure. if you if you enjoy something, go for it. Take the risk while you're young. And yeah. No, that is that is really cool. You know, and it's it's funny to hear you say that because I think that you know, anytime you're doing something creative, making a podcast, working on something on, you know, any sort of content that you're putting out there on the internet on a regular basis, it will make you step back and look at what you do on the daily and, and just mm-hmm. wonder like, hey, you know, I, I got to cut something. Uh, I've yeah. got to change my routine in some way. I've got to find some better way to balance this. And I really relate to that. So uh, I'm, I'm happy to, to hear that you're taking a swing like that. That's awesome. Oh, thank you very much. Yeah, I feel like I just need to like cut a few things out and yeah, straighten myself out again. I feel like I need to look after ourselves. That's really important to look after yourself and yeah, see what your priorities are. Yeah, absolutely. And Lydia, you know, I'll be the first to say, or I'm sure one of many, I believe in you. I'm sure you'll, I'm sure you'll come out unscathed. Thank you so much. That's really nice. Thank you. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm sure you got it. So, so we're not only here to talk about The Simpsons, and we're not only here to talk about The Simpsons Theory YouTube channel, but we are also, and I would say mostly, here to talk about your new book, The Simpsons Secret. So right up top, I just want to know, you know, how did the book come together? What was all that like for you? Just tell everyone about the book. Yeah, well, it happened kind of around Christmas this year. We're on about 20,000 subscribers, so we were still growing. And we received a really random email from a guy called Hugo. And he worked for a publishing company, an indie publishing company called Mango Publishing in Florida. We're probably kind of near you, actually. Wow. And um, it was it was amazing. He kind of just pitched to us. Um, we've reached out to Julia Prescott, who's a writer for the show. And unfortunately, she can't They've been wanting to write a book about The Simpsons for a while and they wanted an author to come in and help them do that. And um, they approached Julia Prescott. She said, unfortunately, I'm a bit busy, but I've been watching this YouTube channel and they do really thorough research on the show. So I can recommend them. And that's how he kind of reached out to us. And we had a meeting probably around February where we established what we were going to write about. And I was thinking, why do we not just do a big bonus book of The Simpsons? And James is like, no, that's been overdone. Everyone's done that. Like, we need to do something different. And I know Simpsons predictions, it's such a controversial topic. And I think it just needs to be like put out there from a balanced perspective, realize, cut through the bullshit and like just make a good argument from one Simpsons fan to another Simpsons fan, not playing into the hype. 
And yeah, that's how it kind of established and wow. really bizarre. It's coming out, yeah, in two weeks, I think, or a week. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. By the time everyone's hearing this, it's either about to come out or it just came out. I will, that, that is pending on when I release this. I think it should be out around the same time or maybe a little sooner. Uh, and yeah, that's crazy. I didn't know that uh, they had reached out to Julia. Shout out to Julia, a very early guest on the podcast. I think episode 11, something like that, right after her episode. Uh, so yeah, shout out to her and Allie and the round Springfield podcast and everything's coming up Simpsons. Uh, so that, that's, that's nuts. And I will say, you know, we're going to sort of dig into the predictions in this episode, uh, and just sort of why that's such a point of discussion, but I'm excited to read the book because, you know, it is something that people talk about a lot. And I think in most situations, it's kind of silly, but I think there is a way to understand why they sort of have their, you know, finger on the pulse in that way and what that actually means. So it sounds like that's sort of what the book does. And I'm, I'm excited for that. Yeah, I think that's it. I think The Simpsons has done so well at being so relevant in all of our lives. Um, just throughout the storylines, it's difficult not to feel like they're entwined in our real life as well. So that's why it makes it even more bizarre. It's the predictions, the weird things, the fake things. And <laughs> yeah, that's that's the main that's the main bit. The Simpsons is the heart of I don't know, our zeitgeist, I guess it's, it's a movement in itself. So 100%. And that, and that is, you know, uh, that's a testament to why these companies want to get their hands on a book like that, because there's a lot of people that are looking for that sort of conversation. And I think that's really cool. Um, what would you say was the hardest part of putting the book together? Like once you actually got into it, what was something that maybe you didn't expect to give you uh, such a bump in the road or if anything did? Well, I think throughout our YouTube channel as well, I'm very, I'm a big procrastinator. I almost look at something and I think that's such a big project. I don't even know where to start with it. And James is just so good with putting the words on the paper and he really structured the book and he was like, right, okay, in this chapter, we're going to be doing this. In this chapter, we're going to be doing this. And then I researched around those topics. I dived a bit deeper. I put in a bit of our personality into it. So I think that was something I found difficult, actually putting the words to the page. <laughs> but I think that's where our teamwork kind of links in together. He's focused and he's got a good work ethic. And I kind of sneak in the jokes and the, the dad <laughs> jokes and things like that. So that that's something I found hard. But yeah. I, I wonder, you know, I wonder what that's like to have a good work ethic, because I, you know, uh, over the course of doing this podcast, I have realized fully uh, even though my wife has been telling me for some time that my time management is just awful. And, you know, we, we talk a little bit up top about, you know, getting stressed out with the balance of things. I think in a lot of cases, I do that to myself because I'm like, ah, you know, I, I'll figure this out when I get to it instead of just doing something smart, like, say, making a list or uh, just having, you know, I'm truly inspired when I hear stuff like that or when I see my wife just handle the same amount of shit that I deal with, but in such, with such grace. Uh, yeah. so, uh, I don't know how we end up more like my wife or your husband, but hopefully someday we can get there. I need that. Yeah, definitely. Well, we probably balance them out in our, I mean, we're, yeah, we insert a bit of our funness, bit of spontaneity. I'm sure we add something to it. Don't we? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. She probably hates me secretly, but that's all part of it. You know? Uh, yeah. Management or managing your time, I should say, uh, I, I feel like it's hard for any type of content. So I can't even fathom that with a book, like sitting down, I, you know, 
I, I tried to put a book together years ago, and some of the longtime followers of Bardo Darkness might remember this. It was going to be sort of like a zine that just had. I used to have this collection of old like newspaper clippings that I'd collected of just like you know ad spots for The Simpsons and things like that. And I had this insane envelope just full of them. And uh, sadly, I will say I don't know where that is. When I moved, I lost it. I cannot find it anywhere. But years ago, I talked about putting out a book that was just like nice scans of those and sort of talking about the episodes a little bit. And uh, a lot of people got really excited about that, and I never delivered. So if someone is listening to this that remembers that, I apologize. Uh, I wish I had done it, and I wish I could find them so I could still do it, but it's gone. <laughs> do you think it's, is it gone from your house, do you think? like? But- so a few years ago, we moved from one house into a house that we bought, and I remember talking to a friend of mine, shout out to Alex Mayhews, friend of the podcast, early episode as well. And I was like, oh, I've got these old ads. You know, I could scan some of those in if you ever wanted to use them for stuff that you do. And she was like, oh, that'd be amazing. So I start tearing apart uh, my room, just trying to find these. And I'm just like, you know, why, where could these be? What could have happened to those? And to this day, I've, I've yet to find them. I've looked through my closet. I've looked through my storage. I've looked through this whole room. Uh, so I think someone for some reason came in and stole them and decided to leave everything else. Cause they're just gone. It's like they vanished. Yeah. I think, I mean, even just writing a book about how you got your different like merchandise and collections and the weirdest things you have, I'll be really interested in a book about that. I think you should. Wow. See, Lydia's, Lydia's giving me good ideas. I've talked about doing another collection book. Um, I've talked about doing some stuff like that, sort of doing another collector's guide. There hasn't been one in like two decades. So I, I need to, I need to get into the book game. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll take Lydia's advice there and, uh, sort of, sort of get cracking on that. If I can manage my time, no promises. <laughs> <laughs> I'll hard. send you James. Or- hey, yeah. Just send James over. Maybe I'm sure between him and my wife, I would maybe get something done. <laughs> 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 well, so let, let's talk, uh, you know, a little bit, you know, broadly about the book, but also just in general, uh, Simpsons predicting, you know, people talk about this a lot. Why do you think it is that people buy into that so much? Why do you think that's such a point of conversation? Even with people that don't watch the show anymore, they just sort of buy into that narrative. Why do you think that is? I think people buy into the narrative simply because the Simpsons, it's always been there. And I think it's always something people are familiar with, whether or not they watch the show. And I think they just get blown away with just, I think people like conspiracy theories and the weird and the wonderful. I think people always have an interest in that. And I think a lot of it is to do with clickbait articles, getting retweets, wanting to have that internet fame by found finding something amazing. And I think that's where, I think it started off as something quite pure with the Donald Trump presidency, if you can call that pure. <laughs> yeah, we're not, we don't call that pure on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but then I think gradually because of that popularity, people then started to feed into the hype and then it just mounted into doctored images and things which, you know, you don't really want to associate the Simpsons. It's, it's, a, it's kind of a pure show. And yeah, I think that's kind of people just get swept away of the hype and social media can do that whether or not you like it or not. It's yeah. It really can. And, you know, and, and I got to say, like, there are some that are interesting and, and there are some that, you know, well, I almost said they make sense, but none of them make sense. I mean, it would actually be impossible. And I've seen where people have referenced this one interview that David Silverman gave where he literally joked that they were in like the Illuminati. And there's a there's a, you know, a section of the Internet. Uh, well, there's a section of the Internet that believes literally anything. We're learning that more now than than ever. 
But there's a section of the internet that actually thinks that was him being honest. And there's yes. like, oh, see, David Silverman admitted it. They they have these secret ties to all this stuff. And I just find that so silly. But you see ones where it's like, oh, look at the way they drew this doorbell. They predicted the iPod. And it's like, come on, everybody. You have to know better than that. Uh, and I, I just can't wrap my head around some of the ones that people try to come up with. Yes, because obviously with the um, the Roy Horn um, tiger attack, um, everyone's going to know that's going to end up in some kind of weird thing that's going to happen. I think people have been predicting that for years. But it's just like how the Simpsons, I mean, Roy Horn, they've been around for ages. And um, the fact that it happened wasn't particularly shocking but it like it's things like that but i think that's what makes it fun it's you know you're drawing these similarities not not saying a tiger attack is fun by any means but i'm just saying like you know it's it's kind of interesting to see these similarities and how well the simpsons interweaves itself into reality um that's kind of the main topic yeah well i will say you know uh in my opinion if you're mean to a tiger and he attacks you good for the tiger yeah he deserves it definitely yeah. I always say, you know, if you see a, it's like when you see a bullfighter get, you know, uh, fucked up by the bull for lack of a better term, people are like, oh, that's so crazy. That's so wild. And it's like, well, you know, that bull finally had enough of that shit. I actually, I'm, I'm actually pro bull in that, in that scenario. 100%. Yeah. And they get the my rate in those small areas. Yeah. Yeah. What can you expect? No. Well, so yeah, I mean, but predicting, you know, that is something that when you make enough jokes over three decades, it's impossible to escape the fact that some of those are going to cross paths or seem similar or seem even eerily similar or make a lot of sense or go, wow, you know, the Curious George one, for example. Um, I mean, people try to use, uh, they try to make comparisons to COVID in certain episodes, you know. Um, What do you think when you're, or what did you think making the book? What were some that stood out to you as the most interesting? What are some that stand out to you as the most ridiculous? I think when I talk about most interesting, I think it's when something... So the one I really found interesting to write about was the covering up of Michelangelo's statue. And um, that was spanning off of the episode where Marge tries to censor Itchy and Scratchy from being on air. And that episode came about with parents, viewers um, of children who are watching these. And they wrote that episode inspired by that. And then... In the last scenes, you've got David posing with his willy out. And um, <laughs> they obviously tried to censor it. They were like, oh my God, Marge, how can you support this? But you don't support that. And um, I found researching into that, that Michelangelo's David has been trying to be, has tried to be covered for ever since it's been constructed. Sure. From Russia to Japan to America. It's, it's the same event, but happening consistently time and time again. And I just found that a really interesting thing to talk about because it kind of hinted back to the fact that, you know, history does repeat itself. Um, people are always going to have these ideas and censorship is always going to be an issue. So I think that was a really interesting one for me to talk about. Um, I also like the whole Blinky, the three-eyed fish discovery and like how, like, I think one of the three-eyed fish, someone actually placed a third eye onto the dead fish to take a photo <laughs> of it. And um, one was actually found in some kind of infected area in Argentina, but we had to do some fact-checking. It's wow. just the things you you find. It's crazy. Well, and, and and that's the thing is like, I, I am all for a fun parallel. You know what I mean? Like when something happens, 
uh, in real life that is similar to something that happened in The Simpsons, and you're sort of saying it lighthearted, like, oh, The Simpsons did it again. <laughs> I think that that stuff is funny. Uh, but people will send me stuff and be like, man, did you see this? Like, how the hell do they keep doing this, man? How do they do that? And, you know, I'm I'm not a jerk to these people, but I'm like, come on, man. You don't actually think that they like they no, no one could predict anything. I mean, again, if you have a show on for three decades and you make enough jokes, if you make enough vague observations in your everyday life, you can bet that a few of them are going to come true. I'm sure some stuff that I've jokingly said, I'll, I'll give everyone an example. Okay, before I get too worked up here, I used to say when they first created the iPod, I used to say, man, it would be so awesome if they just made this a phone while they're at it. Now, obviously, that came true. I didn't say, wow, I predicted that. I'm in the Illuminati. I'm tied to some underground organization. Um, you know, I often said that, you know, a lot of listeners of the show know that I, I am vegan. And so, I used to say like, you know, one day I'm sure drinking like plant-based milk will be almost as common as cow's milk. Well, now we know that if you go to the dairy section, there's as much non-dairy milk as there is real milk. Again, just a vague observation based on trends. And I happen to be right. I hate to break it to everyone, but that's what the Simpsons do. Also, they're just way smarter yeah. than I am. Yeah. I think that's the thing because so many of the writers, they're Harvard graduates, they're like, yeah, Ivy League schools. And when you get a group of those people together, they talk about conversations like that of technology and science. And I think one of the predictions was the Nobel Prize winners when they know those people. I don't know those people, but they they know who's going to be nominated. And they, they're right. just within that academic sphere. And yeah, no, that's exactly it. It's, yeah, they're smart yeah. people. It's, it's wild. But I think if anyone could put together a book uh, that explains them in a fun way and gives you a lot of stuff to think about. I, I think it's Lydia. I'm very excited about this book. Uh, she told me that she actually mentioned the podcast in the book and to say the least, I'm honored. So uh, for, for reasons outside of just looking forward to reading it, I'm excited to be uh, mentioned in there. So that means a lot to me, Lydia. Thank you. Definitely, because I love your interviews because you you ask the right questions and then it provoked the answers we wanted and we we're like, oh my God, like this is juicy. So really appreciate <laughs> everything you do. <laughs> Ah, oh, no, nah, you're, you're too kind. You're too kind. You know, I, I, anytime, you know, I will say to anyone who listens, if you ever want to say nice things about me, uh, I actually love that. So feel free to just send in voicemails and memos of nice things like Lydia just said. Uh, and I'll listen to those uh, until I fall asleep every night. <laughs> no, don't actually do that. Okay. Uh, so in terms of the YouTube channel, so uh, this is how I uh, came to know that Lydia existed was uh, I saw this YouTube channel. She reached out to me through, I might've been Twitter first. I can't really remember. And I was like, wow, this is really cool. I like, I, I love the way these videos look. I like the production value. Um, how would you describe the channel to someone who wasn't familiar with it? And what really inspired you to do that outside of just being a fan of the Simpsons? Yeah, well, I think the channel ultimately started off as a way to talk about fan theories that we found really interesting at the time. I think it was over COVID and I was reading too much of Reddit and I was like, oh, Barney and Nelson are kind of similar. Oh, I was just re <laughs> I was reading other people's theories. And I was like, oh, it'd be amazing to have an outlet where we could really dive into this and get really meaty with it. So it started off with a couple, we made about five videos, which were all Simpsons theories and we then start to think, well, there aren't that many fan theories and we don't want to put all of our eggs in one basket. So then we started to dive more into the Simpsons fandom and we made it just like a lighthearted, you know, 
top 10 um, best and worst celebrity guest stars on the show. And we did James's idea was with the kill count because we were really inspired by Dead Meat, that <laughs> YouTube channel. So that was really fun. And um, then we got into this Simpsons timeline videos and they've been really popular for us. But now we're like, oh, we want to we want to introduce a bit more essays and critiques and things. So we're we're doing a mismatch of loads of things, but it's all within our style. And hopefully people find it entertaining. Yeah, no, it, it, it's awesome. And I think, you know, the original concept and also letting that breathe a little bit also makes a lot of sense. You know, I, I'm actually in a, in a similar situation. I don't want anyone to think that I'm, I'm over the interviews or anything like that, but I'm looking for ways to, to do more with this podcast as well. And, and maybe do episodes that focus more on specific things and not just, you know, asking someone similar questions about their background in the Simpsons. So, you know, I've said this a handful of times, but I'm always super interested in what people would want to hear. Uh, so, you know, if you follow me, DM me, tell me some ideas that you have, shoot me an email to Simpsons is great at gmail.com and, and give me some ideas. Cause I'm looking to do more with the podcast. Uh, maybe I, maybe I can hit up Lydia for some of those ideas. Maybe I can have Lydia involved in some way. Uh, so I'm, I'm always open to that sort of thing. That's great. What, what is something that like, when did you realize, oh, there's going to be plenty of content. I'm never going to run out of stuff to talk about. Or or are you? <laughs> well, yeah, because I think the thing comes, I mean, we always get these troll comments where they're like, oh, did you hear that The Simpsons is going to be canceled next year? Like, are you going to lose all of your content? Or I'm like, A, that's not going to happen. And B, The Simpsons has been <laughs> <laughs> The Simpsons has been going on for 30 years. And if they've got YouTube channels based on Harry Potter where it's, eight or nine movies like how far can they go with that like there's so much to talk about with art media literature and the fandoms there like we're all there to I mean if no one's watching we'll still be doing it and yeah we just really love it anything worth doing you do because you like it you know uh at least to some extent and and I will say too you could dig into anything. You could dig into the comics. You could dig into the video games. I mean, there is so, I mean, anyone that that knows me or knows this podcast at this point, like I, I could do a year's worth of podcast just on different toy lines, which is something I probably should do. So there, there's like, there is an infinite amount of content out there. So I'm excited to see Lydia grow and do more and more uh, with the channel. And I mean, it's grown quickly also, which is worth noting. I remember when I first saw it and when I, you know, in this short amount of time, I've seen it really grow. Uh, so shout out to Lydia for that. That's really awesome to see. Oh, thank you. I think a lot of it is to do with the community. I think everyone's been so supportive with it and sharing and that's what really makes things alive. And yeah, really, really grateful for everyone that watches and everyone that supports. Yeah. Simpsons people are good people. That's what I always say. Uh, you know, the people I've met doing this, uh, are some of, you know, some of them are real friends now as a result of it. And I think that that is one of the coolest things about it. And I, I think when you look at something like that, or, you know, obviously across all fandoms, you have this sort of community in, in some way, but there is something very specific about the Simpsons that I talk about. You know, it's one of the main points I make on here that it is something different. Like it feels different. People that, you know, who really like it are just different. Uh, in a lot of ways. And, and I, I like to see why people think that is. So, you know, what do you think it is about The Simpsons that inspires such a wide range of content within that community? I think a lot of it for me is the nostalgia value. I always associate with warm, fuzzy feelings of, you know, happy childhood, watching really funny cartoons that was an escape from 
you know, a boring school day. I think we'd always race home to watch it at 6pm. And I think that really resonates with me. But I think the other thing is with the newest episodes, it's introducing even more fans and younger fans to a show that's been going on for ages. And it kind of, it unites young and old fans and I think it just keeps it growing and thriving and that's what's really nice because people share their experiences and I've really really young viewers who say oh I've gone back and watched the first 10 seasons and like they're they're fantastic and I was like oh like how could you have watched the first 10 seasons but you've watched the later seasons like it's it's nice there's so much there that you can get your teeth into. And I'm really glad uh, to hear someone else say that because you know, I've said this a few times and I'm sure people think that I'm full of shit when I say it, but Lydia just sort of said it. And I'm sure she will vouch yet again. You meet a lot of kids, younger people while doing this sort of content that say, you know, not only are they more familiar with newer seasons, but some of them like them more, which I think is really incredible. And I think that narrative is sort of recent. You know, there was a time where, and I'm sure there were always people like that, but I think there are more of them that you see on social media and places I remember back in the early days of Bard of Darkness, I'm saying this like I've been around for, you know, decades, but since 2014, and I remember back then, there would be people that would say, oh, you watch the new seasons? What are you, stupid? Who watches the new seasons? That shit's garbage, you know? I used to get these comments all the time, and I also uh, used to argue with these people at length, which I now just don't have the time to do. But I would be like, you know, what do you know, you know, dumbass? Like, you know, whatever I would say. And uh, I think in the last few years, I'm noticing that there are a lot more younger kids that are like, oh, no, like my favorite season is season 28. Uh, I I get messages like that all the time. that are like, hey, I'm a big Simpsons fan from insert country. And uh, my favorite season is is 19. You know, I just think that's really cool and something that people overlook. And uh, whether that inspires certain older fans to watch newer seasons or not is something something to think about. Definitely, definitely. Because I think it's a lot of it's to do with what time of our lives did we start watching the show. And I know I had more time to watch the show when it was the golden era of The Simpsons. Sure. But um, yeah, yeah. And I think that's, you know, kids are watching it in a time of their lives where they've got the time to really indulge in something. And that, I mean, the episodes now, they are quite good with keeping with the times. That's the ones that's really going to resonate with them. And I, I do like the newest new episodes and I use them consistently throughout our new content because there's so much there to talk about and I don't believe in poo-pooing them at all there's still great episodes and keep it alive man like just (laughs) yeah keep it keep it going I mean come on like I'm not gonna sit here and say like oh I think every single episode of the Simpsons is perfect but I think every single you know I, I am hard pressed and if someone can show me one I'm listening I'm waiting everybody show me one episode that doesn't have at least a joke that makes you laugh. I dare anyone to find to go to go to Frankiac, hit random, watch that episode on Disney Plus, and tell me that you don't laugh at least once. I I and and if and if you say that you did, I'm going to require a video of you not laughing. <laughs> I mean, I'm not. I, that's the only way you're going to get me to believe it. So I, I think that is something that people should think about uh, when you're when you're talking about the. And I talk about the new ones a lot, so we won't go too into that, but. Give yourself uh, give yourself a fun exercise of watching newer ones one weekend. I think you'll find a lot more uh, that you like. Um, so tell me what what was it like? You know, so we're talking about the channel growing quickly for you. What is it like to see your videos catch on like that? Like you know, we talk about over COVID uh, to see that community grow and you know the amount of views and comments or whatever grow. Uh, 
since you've grown in such a short time, what is that really like for you? It's a bit overwhelming. I didn't really realize it was happening until we, I don't know, I think it's only because our videos, we put them out and they they slowly grow, but they don't ever, you can never see like a full, full viral video as soon as it happens. But I think the beauty of like the videos and what we do is that people just stumble across them. So it's felt quite gradual in a way, but at the same time with the exciting things like the book coming out and we hit 100k the other week, like it, that has really hit very hard and it's really exciting, but we just hope it carries on. Um, it's, I don't want it to be like a really quick stint and then it slows. I'm hoping we can just keep it going. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm, I'm confident that you can. I mean, I, I will, you know, anyone that is uh, just, just coming to the podcast, go back and I would also recommend listening to all of the episodes, but especially uh, a recent one with The Real Gems, who had a similar story of, you know, I just started making these YouTube videos because I thought it would be fun. And, you know, next thing I know, people really like it. And he's almost a decade in. So uh, you, you just never know what's going to happen. So if you want to make that sort of content, like I think Lydia is a prime example of that as well, just just go for it. And if people like it, then you found something that you're passionate about. And that is also fun, uh, even if it is a bit overwhelming. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Definitely. I think what I like about The Real Gyms as well, he talks about what he wants to talk about. And like, if you find something interesting, you can tell he's put his all into that. And yeah, I, I I love. He was a big inspiration when we were starting the channel. We were constantly watching his videos, and I think he's got a beautiful mind. And yeah, oh yeah, good wealth of knowledge. Love him. Jim, Jim is great, and I I will also pay him a compliment. I don't know if I've even told him this. Uh, one of my most downloaded episodes. People love Jim. Yeah. Uh, th- like his his people came over from YouTube in groves. Like that episode, he probably he probably brought a ton of people to this podcast. So big shout out to Jim, uh, for sure. Well, one thing I will say about your videos that I, you know, and I mentioned this a little bit earlier is that your production value, it's really, you know, the visual element really matters to me. You know, we joke about like my room being organized. I'm the kind of person I can't deal with uh, things being half-assed, like whether it's content or anything really. Uh, so h- how big of a part of that is it for you? Like how how much do you focus on the visual element? Oh, a lot. I think we wouldn't have started. That's why we got five videos planned beforehand. I think we wanted to go in quick, strong. We wanted to develop our branding straight away. Um, we didn't start off with any money, but straight away we wanted to get someone to, we wanted to commission someone to make my Simpsons avatar. I think we wanted it to make it look really clean and slick. And I think I need to translate that more into our Instagram account and our other social accounts. So hopefully that shapes up nicely. But um, I think the video, the video is what people look for. So that was really important to us. And we're constantly looking about how to improve things and make it tidier and get better equipment. So yeah, I'm a bit similar to you. I'm quite a perfectionist. I mean, I I think in some ways it's bad to be, in some ways it's great to be. And I mean, I will say, you know, people have heard me complain on this podcast about like, you know, Simpsonified people and how bad they can look, but they did a good job with yours. So whoever you had do that one, um, they, they did a good job. It doesn't look, it doesn't look like they just traced a photo and painted it yellow like some of those accounts do. So uh, it, it is a nice representation of Lydia. Oh, thank you. That was just through Fiverr. He's a Malaysian artist. I, I need to find his name, but he was really good. And he did a few poses. He was fantastic. But I know what you mean. You see some and their necks look way too elongated and look really strange, like aliens. And, and I feel guilty, but, you know, sometimes those some of those accounts reach out to me and they want to work with me or do something with me. And I'm I just... I'm sorry, everybody. I don't have the heart to do it with a lot of them. A lot of them are just really bad. I'm, I'm not going to name them, 
Uh, but I've seen some really terrible ones. I've even seen some people that I that I like post uh, like, oh, thanks to so-and-so for paint. And I'm like, no, please stop. You let my eyes. So uh, <laughs> I, I'm not I'm not an advocate for those, uh, but I, I like Lydia's. Hers, hers is good. God. Yeah, I think I think if you find something and you're like, oh, that is actually good, like put some work into it, like then you would consider it a bit more. But that's where you have your credibility, and yeah, you got to got to put behind what you believe in. Yeah, totally. And I mean, you know, you mentioned the Twitter and the and the Instagram. When you're doing stuff like a podcast or YouTube or any of that, especially YouTube, uh, it's hard to manage all that. You know, like I joke often about being a one man show with Bart of Darkness and the podcast. And that is all true. And that is why, you know, sometimes I say, Hey everybody, I'm, I'm too behind on editing. I'm just not going to release an episode this week. I'm sorry. Uh, so there's a lot that comes along with that. I don't know why I thought I could run multiple Instagrams, a Twitter, edit a podcast, schedule for a podcast. So, uh, there's, there's definitely part of me that, that reaches a little too high. Uh, but we're making it work. I think Lydia seems like she can understand that. Yeah. I think yours always looks really well curated though. You can tell that you've, I mean, your color coordinate, like I just look at your Instagram page and I'm like, oh, everything just works. So I've got to commend you on that. Like you, (laughs) you may feel like everything's, but it looks so sleek and yeah, awesome. That means more to me. I'm telling you, somebody could give me like, out of all the compliments I could get telling me that I, that I curate well on the Instagram is ranked pretty high for me. So thank you. Thank you, Lydia. Uh, Well, so I, you know, I like to ask everyone this, and I wanted to really focus on the book and the YouTube early, but I want to dig into this a little bit. Uh, we're going to play a couple games after this, but before we do, uh, I'd like to know, like, how old were you when you got into it? Like, what was your fandom like when you were younger? What was your Simpsons experience like uh, as a young Lydia? Uh, well, I watched it probably when I was in year... Ugh probably five, I was five or six years old. And, um, we would, I think it was me, my brother and my sister, and we would literally race home. I think it was on at 6 PM. It was after this really weird quiz show called the weakest link. Have you heard of that? Mm. Yeah. That sounds really familiar. Is there, maybe there's more than one show called that, but that sounds really familiar to me. Yeah. It was hosted by this really scary lady called Anne Robinson. And we used to watch that and be like, this is so boring. We just want to get to the Simpsons. And um, (laughs) (laughs) I think like that was around the time where my mum and dad wanted to sit down and watch TV. So we'd all hide the remote in a different hiding space every time. And then we'll just sit and watch it and was absorbed. And I think at that time it was one episode. It was one episode a day. So we were quite well treated. But I think the one episode that really stuck for me is um, Flaming Moe's. That's just one mm. of my all time favorite episodes. And I just thought that drink looked so tasty where he's just pouring in all the weird medicines. And that's just something <laughs> that <laughs> I was like, oh, that looks good. It's like a kid's medicine. But I was like, oh, that's, that's really nice. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was all very simplistic for me at first. And I just took everything at face value, like the pretty colors and the voices and everything. But then as I got older, I started to appreciate the plot, how how do they form a plot, um, the storylines and the character development and how dark The Simpsons could be, like in season one where he's pulling that boulder. I'm sure when I was a kid, I didn't even appreciate what that was. Um, right. So yeah, it started off very like simple, but I've always loved the show and I... <laughs> Yeah, um, James tries to introduce me to things like Family Guy, and I'm just not—I'm just not entwined with that. I think The Simpsons has a beauty of where it's its simplicity, it's pure, but it's also it's got a humor which has so many levels to it. So, oh, totally. I, I've said before, and and I mean, I won't go down the Family Guy 
trail right now because people know how I feel at this point. I liked it when I was younger, and now when I go back, I absolutely can't stand it. I mean, I'm just being honest. I think the Family Guy Simpsons crossover is one of the worst things I've ever seen. Uh, no offense to anyone that likes that. I just, you know, and I don't even have like a, a huge issue with it. I just don't think it's as funny. Uh, and I don't think there's any need for it in a world where we have The Simpsons and King of the Hill and lots of other shows that are funny. Uh, so I, I just can't get down with that. I mean, it sounds like we're similar in that way. There's like a connection that you made when you were younger with the show that you can't really shake. And I don't know if that's just the visual, the colors. I mean, it's you know, it's all these things that I often discuss. But it sounds like you just sort of dug into that and it's it, it stayed with you even if you weren't always with it. Yes, definitely, definitely. I think I'd always is is such a quotable show, and if you can find someone who can also quote those things with you, like understand those references, I feel like you form a bond with those people as well. And I think that's that's what makes it incredible because it's a worldwide humor that everyone gets, no matter what hotel room you're in. You you click on it, it's The Simpsons, no matter if it's dubbed in Spanish, anything. Um, it's yeah, it's just one of those universally brilliant shows and movements. Yeah. And, and not only that, but I mean, you know, so that's, I, I feel like I talk a lot about merchandise, but probably not as much as I should on the show, considering that is such a, you know, a big part of my relationship to the show. Uh, well, not in general, but just my, m- me falling back in love with the show, collecting the merchandise really, uh, had a lot to do with that as well. And I think when you look at a show like the Simpsons, which is visually incomparable to anything, And you see that translate into merchandise and just like the overall visual style, the colors, the rough letters. I mean, everything is so different uh, from what other shows try to be. And I think that, you know, when I hear takes like that from you about why you latched onto it and why you weren't really interested in anything else, I think that sort of makes a lot of sense. It's the same way with me when you look at everything associated with it feels different than other shows. Definitely. And I think like for you with the collector, you can probably see how the character designs have changed as well. And that's really fascinating to look at and how the animation's changed as well. It's totally. Yeah. Yeah. And everybody, I want, I want you to cross your fingers for me, even though you're hearing this after the fact. So I guess don't cross your fingers, but at the time of this podcast, there's actually a prototype on eBay that I'm going to try to win after I record this episode. And if you see me posting that and being very excited uh, that will be, this will be what I'm talking about. And the funny thing about it is, uh, the person thinks that it is something else and I know what it is. They know it's a prototype, but they do not realize what it actually is. And so if I have that in the collection, by the time, uh, you're all hearing this, uh, I will be just a little bit happier to add to that prototype collection. So I'm, I'm going to ask Lydia to cross her fingers for me real quick. I'm, I'm really fascinated to know what it is. I'm sure you can't tell me cause I'm probably going to try and find it, but that's, that's awesome. <laughs> I, I will, I will tell you only because I tried to find it from other searches to see if anyone else would find it. And it's sort of buried. So there was a Lisa Simpson, uh, coin bank made by a company called street kids. And the Bart one is very common. I guarantee most people would recognize the Bart one. There's like a green shirt, a blue shirt. It, you know, he's sort of simple. There's a plug in the bottom of his feet. The coin slot is in the back of his head. The Lisa version is way more uncommon and quite rare. And it took me a long time to find her. She's a little little janky looking. She kind of looks oddly off model. It's sort of a weird early sculpt, probably sculpted in 1989. Uh, and the prototype for that popped up on eBay. And they think that it is like a, uh, they think it's from the world of Springfield line. They think it's like from like the early 2000s. I immediately knew what it was. And 
I, I, the reason I asked Lydia to cross her fingers is I saw where someone had bid on it. I thought no one had found it, but someone bid on it and it ends in a couple hours. So I'm just hoping that I'm able to bid more. And if you heard all my talk about the car earlier, I really can't, I, well, I probably shouldn't do that, but this is something I just have to have. So fingers crossed on that. We'll see what happens. Uh, so I just wanted Lydia, I wanted someone else to, uh, to give me the fingers crossed. So Lydia did that. <laughs> it must be so exciting though. When you see, uh, uh, when you find, you obviously need to know what you're looking at, but to actually win something like that, that must be crazy. <laughs> it, it is. And I, and that's how it feels. I mean, most prototypes, people don't know what they are or they, or they do know, but they don't think they're worth anything. And the only reason, uh, to anyone that doesn't know what a prototype is, a prototype is the original sculpt of a doll. So it is like the thing that was, you know, carved or painted or created by someone, shown to the company and then approved and then mass produced. So it is the original one. It's the first one. Uh, and so I think those are really special because I just love the story or the thought that someone, you know, didn't. They were like, oh, it's some new show on Fox. Uh, I'm This girl has weird spiky hair. I'm carving this weird doll for some new show. And the fact that that became The Simpsons and the fact that this is the original, you know, one of the first things uh, to me is just really cool. And that really just gets me going. Uh, so prototypes are very special. If you see any or if you have any and uh, you want to give them to me, I will, I will accept them. Anyway. <laughs> I really hope you get it now. Like, so yeah, really no. excited. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you, Lydia. <laughs> well, so depending on when everyone, uh, depending on when this episode drops, I should say, uh, we're going to play a new game. And I've recorded a few episodes with this, but I have no clue what order they are coming in. So this might be the first one you hear. It might be the second or the third, but this is still a new game nonetheless. And I want to know what everyone thinks of it. And uh, that is still untitled. As of now, it's called The New Synopsis Game. And what this is, is I'm going to read five synopsis to the guest. And they're going to tell me if it is a real synopsis or if it is one that I made up. And in general, these are from later seasons and they are sort of wacky. I try to find ones that even if you've seen, they don't sound like an episode you've seen. So I try to make these hard, although people are doing way better than I expected them to in the other ones that I've recorded. So, but if, if Lydia struggles with these, I probably would too. So don't, no judgment. These are, these are tough. Uh, there is no set amount of real or fake. So it could be five real ones, four real ones, one fake one, three fake ones. I mean, it could be whatever, however many. Uh, so we're just going to, we're going to take a stab at it. And just to give you a warm up, this is a, this is not the first one. It's an example, uh, a little bit easier, heavily in debt to fat Tony, Krusty agrees to set up a clown college. Homer can't resist the opportunity to change careers, but he is so convincing as a clown that Fat Tony mistakes him for Krusty. That is true, isn't it? Of course, of course it is. It's yes. Homie the Clown, of course. <laughs> so, so that's how the game works for anyone that is that is just now hearing this for the first time. Uh, how are we feeling, Lydia? You think you're going to do okay? Well, that example was, I, I could handle that one, but I'm a bit nervous about the other one, seeing as everyone's done so well. <laughs> well, just just remember you got a 50-50 shot. So, uh, you know, and people are bound to miss them eventually because some are just going to be harder. Um I I honestly I will admit uh in the Colin Young episode, I'm not sure if anyone's heard it yet. Uh I thought I had him on 3 of them and he still got it right. I I just really thought he was going to fall for it, uh but he did not. So, we're going to see how Lydia does. If you're ready, let's do it. True or false? You can get mono from riding the monorail. Mm, false. 
No, wait, maybe it's true. No, you were right, it's false. Number one. After a trip to a vineyard, a drunken Homer crashes the car and frames a passed out Marge as the driver to avoid being arrested. True or false? I did a, I did an episode about this. Um, it is true. Wow. Ding, ding, ding. Lydia coming in one of one so far. That is season 15, Codependence Day. A great episode. Um, and also something that was talked about in the Colin Young episode. Again, not sure if anyone's heard it yet, but I'm working finally on a top 15 list for uh, modern seasons because I know people ask for that all the time, even though there are others that exist. People want mine. So I'm going to I'm going to give everyone a nice list, uh, a way to dip your toe in to Modern Simpsons. That will be coming soon. So get excited for that. All right. So one of one. Let's go on to number two. Financial trouble inspires Reverend Lovejoy to rent his basement to a pair of college students. Bart and Milhouse discover that they are storing and selling illegal goods out of the room without his knowledge. True or false? Hmm. I I think that's false. I think that's false. Lydia is two for two. I, I thought I thought that one was going to get you because it is very similar to an actual episode, but you you stayed true. Lydia's doing great. And I will say, uh, moving forward on the synopsis game, even if everyone gets them right, sometimes it's just fun to hear these because they sound so ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> Some of these just sound insane. All right, two for two. Lydia's doing great. Number three. When Sideshow Bob is released from prison, he sets about hypnotizing Bart in order to kill Krusty the Clown. True or false? Oh, that is definitely true, Sneaky. Wow, yeah. Lydia. Three <laughs> for three. That is season 12, Day of the Jack and Apes. And also, something important to remember is some of these would be a great uh, start for some of you that are looking for modern ones. Even though season 12, not that modern, but some of these, you never know. So put these on your list, everybody. All right, number four. Homer tries to find a boyfriend for Smithers, who is crushed by Burns' lack of affection. Milhouse replaces the lead in the school production of Casablanca when Bart takes the boy out. True or false? Oh, that does sound familiar. Um, I'm going to say, because it's probably similar to the Reverend Lovejoy one, where it sounds like it could be, but it's, I'm going to say false. Oh, it is true, Lydia. Ah! It is true. Mm. That is season 27, The Burns Cage. I will say out of all of these, uh, that one sounds the most ridiculous. So I expected that to get someone. So don't, yeah, that's 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 a tough one. Uh, season 27, The Burns Cage. Uh, my favorite thing about synopsis, especially in later seasons I think so many of them sound fake, which is what inspired me to do. I think a lot of them could easily just not be real. <laughs> well, I was thinking... What a, what a wacky world. <laughs> and I was like, oh, some of them doubt, like, Millhouse takes the lead, like, Fallout Boy in that episode. Like, I was like, oh, that sounds kind of similar. Yes. Okay. okay. Yeah. No, it's very... <laughs> some of these are going to be tough. Um, so, yeah, that, that, one, that one was the one I was betting would get you or someone was number four. All right, number five. I mean, even you've still averaged a win. You've already got three. So let's go. Let's see if you can get the fifth one. Krusty reveals the untold story of his past in his movie, The Sands of Space. While working as personal assistants on the movie, Bart and Lisa learn about the early years of their parents' relationship. True or false? I think this one's true. 
It is true, Lydia. You got it. That's four out of five. Um, man, what a great episode. So I will say, I'm not sure if this will make the top 15, but the reason I put this one on there is one, it's season 30. The clown stays in the picture, but one of my favorite episodes of the last decade of the Simpsons, probably a really, really cool episode. Uh, and I recommend that one highly. So even if it's not on the 15, everyone should check that one out. Four out of five, Lydia. Great job. Oh, thank you very much. Yeah. I'm I'm glad I swept up in the end. It would have been a bit depressing if it was the last one (laughs) but yes that was very good i like that (laughs) oh yeah i'm glad i'm glad the synopsis game i'm excited to uh and and i'm gonna try you know i did a couple where i actually literally made them up like they weren't even similar to real episodes and uh i felt like i was it's hard to do that you know like at this point they all sound like they could be either or so it's tough but four out of five a great showing Lydia killed it. Uh, The one that got her, I expected to get her, like I said. Uh, And so there you go. If you would have got that, I actually would have been more impressed. How'd you got it? (laughs) All right. So after the synopsis game, we're going to go back to the big three. Uh, Everyone knows this segment by now. This is where we learn a little bit more about Lydia's favorites within the show. Uh, So we're going to dig into that. What is your favorite character or who is your favorite character, Lydia? And why would you say support that? I would say I'm going to go with a wild one and I'm going to say Fat Tony is my wow. favorite Simpsons character. Wow. Just be- <laughs> I just love, I think the Simpsons, what the Simpsons does well is stereotypes and I just have something in my heart for Italian American gangster films. <laughs> and <laughs> I just think, I mean, from his look to his voice acting, I love Fat Tony. He's, wow. he's gorgeous. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. Fat Tony's a great answer. You know, I, I will say uh, so often in this question, you get, I mean, I, I love everyone's answers, but sometimes you sort of expect them or you're like, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you know, you're a Smithers guy, or you're a Burns guy, whatever. Uh, so far, the most interesting answers that I've gotten are Lydia with Fat Tony and my friend James with Snake. So those oh. are, those, those are ranking high for me. So good job, Lydia. Snake's awesome. Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> yeah, I also love, you know, I and I, I think it's funny because I've met people that assume Fat Tony is like a uh, sort of a representation of like the Sopranos. And I have to remind people like, no, he predates the Sopranos, uh, although I'm sure they borrowed a lot from that once the Sopranos came to be. Uh, but I'm, I'm with you on that. He's a great character and one of the best recurring guest stars. Some of the funniest delivery. Just fantastic. Great answer. All right. Who is your least favorite character and why? Oh my god, that's a hard one. Um, James, James said this is an unpopular opinion, but um, I, don't, I don't not like him. I love everyone in the show, um, but I would say Ralph gets on my grill a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's probably really horrible. Well, how do no. you feel about that? <laughs> no, I, I so surprisingly, you are not the first person to say that, and I gotta say. Uh, I do like Ralph. I do think Ralph is funny, but he is on a short list of characters that I could I could take or leave. Like everyone knows, they've heard me say Millhouse. I'm not a huge Millhouse guy. I know everybody. I know, uh, and Ralph is slowly making that list too. I think some of his jokes are incredibly funny, but you do get to a point with Ralph where you just get it, and you're like, oh, okay, yep, Ralph is eating the glue. Okay, there he goes. All right. Uh, so I, I think that is, uh, I mean, it might be an unpopular opinion to some, but I'm, I'm not, I'm not mad at it. I'm with it. 
Yeah, I just kind of think, yeah, he just says these random things. I'm like, you get it. Like sometimes it's funny and you just run with it. But sometimes it's just like, oh, if I just took him out, you didn't need that just little high-pitched voice there. You could just... Yeah, he doesn't really uh, communicate with the other characters. He doesn't really blend himself in too much. But that's that's probably what he's about, isn't it? So Yeah, yeah. But there you go. I mean, not, not a bad one. Um, and I think that there is something to... I mean, you know, I think answers like Ralph and even Milhouse in my case, I'm just going to like sort of pepper in me defending my stance on Milhouse. But I think what it is, is the longer you sit with those characters, obviously they're funny, but they've been around for so long and they don't really provide anything other than this one type of joke. And that doesn't make them bad, but they also, you, you get to where you just, you sort of focus on the really good and those just sort of get shoved out to the outer layer so yeah, there you go. I mean, it's just it's just one of those things. Anytime you watch a show that long, it's just certain characters that you're like, oh, okay, here we go with Ralph again. So yeah, definitely. Because I feel like with Sideshow Bob, even though he's one of those, you know, he's he's a reoccurring, he's not always there. You can see that he does change every bit of each time, and you do see his different different side to him. And I think if they can do that with a character that comes in and out, why can't you do that with you know Bart's best friend or you know, yeah, totally. Totally. Good answer, Lydia. I'm loving that. So uh, the third question on the big three, and I, I always overexplain this, so I'm just going to, I'm going to overexplain it every week at this point, because I think it, it's nice to have this context. Uh, if you were going to recommend three episodes of The Simpsons to someone who had never seen it, or, you know, someone that you'd been talking to about it and they wanted some recommendations, what are three that come to mind, even if they're not your absolute top favorite, or maybe they are? What are three that come to mind? I would say the easiest answer for me is Probably I'll put number one, just because it's my personal, personal favourite, but Flaming Moe's. Um, I just think it has a nice balance between introducing guest stars. It's a bit more adult. Um, it's just got quite a really nice arc, the way it starts off with Homer making the drink to, you know, <laughs> Mo totally going against their friendship. I think it's got a really nice, really nice arc to it. Um, I think, well. yeah. And I love... Um, 22 short films about Springfield just because you can you can see a segment of every character's life and it makes you fall in love with them that much more it gives them that time to shine um I think it was just a really impressive episode the way they fitted that all within 26 or so minutes and that just it just shows how far cartoons could go and the Simpsons did that oh and then third and, and I will say while you think on number three about 22 short films, and I've said this, I'm sure on a couple episodes, but in, in a show in that time period to take a swing that big, I mean, I'm not saying that people who watched TV in the nineties were dumb or anything, but I think most people that liked the Simpsons liked it because of the Simpsons and to see an episode that has very little to do with the Simpsons, uh, is, is really wild for the time. And I think it's a really like bizarre and special concept uh, one of the, you know, not only does it have one of the most popular jokes to ever come out of the show, but just seeing that little snapshot, I also think in the grand scheme is part of the reason people feel like Springfield is a real, a real place. Um, I think that episode has so much to do with that. Even the shot of Bart and Milhouse on the bridge is something that I think about a lot. That's like a view of Springfield you never see. And it really feels like something. Uh, so that, yeah, that one ranks really high for me as well. Good answer. Yeah. 
I think it's because it's, it's, it plays on Pulp Fiction, but at the same time, you can kind of see that being a standalone episode in itself. And it kind of feels very cinematic in that way. You're just being dropped in all of these areas and <laughs> it's so nicely linked. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah it's, it's fantastic. And then third, I, I think Lisa vs. Malibu Stacy. Um, oh. That's, yeah. <laughs> I, I think I'm a big fan of like Bill Oakley's and Josh Weinstein's writing. I think it's yes. really nice. And I just love the way it speaks to women and how, you know, women had Barbie. And I think there's a lot of, I, I, I had Barbie, like I loved Barbie, but um, I just think it's challenging those things. And I just think it's got really good gags. I loved it when the, director or ceo of malibu stacy she's like you've all got horrible hair and i think that's the best it's, it's a joke i always laugh at because you just it just separates the simpsons family from that character with beautiful hair to spiky yellow hair and it's just i think that's a fantastic episode too oh yeah i mean i gotta say uh obviously everyone knows i love lisa that's one of many things that i remind everyone weekly uh and that episode especially you know I, again we talk about like the time that it came out, I think seeing some of the points that Lisa makes uh, in an episode like that in the mid nineties is really, really, really ahead of its time. Um, and I think the writing of that episode is perfect. The jokes are perfect. Yardley's delivery is perfect. Uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm in full agreement with you, Lydia. Those three are all perfect. And that one specifically ranks super high for me. So, I mean, you know, you know not only did you do well in the synopsis game, but you nailed the big three. Oh, amazing. Oh, good, good. <laughs> great stuff. Great stuff. Well, so, you know, one of the things that, like I mentioned earlier with the merchandise and my little prototype rant is, the you know, that's a big thing for me. It's a big part of what I do online. It's a big part of the podcast or could be a bigger part, but it's a big part of why I have one. Uh, did you ever have any relationship with the merchandise? I know you said you watched it when you were younger. Uh, did you ever have, a you know, Simpsons dolls or Simpsons stuff on your shelf or anything when you were younger or now? Well, well, where'd you say that? Because we've recently moved into a flat and we've got loads and loads of charity shops underneath us, which are like thrift shops. And oh, wow, yeah. yeah, like, I don't know if Simpsons merchandise was a huge, huge thing in the UK, but my parents never bought it for me. I don't think. <laughs> but um, we found a chess set and it's a pretty, I'll have to send you a picture of it because um, I think it's 1990 something, but mm. it's the, the chess set of all the family and um it's even got grandpa in there. I think they play the big figures and you might even have it. I'll send you a picture, but I've got oh, a awesome. Simpsons chessboard, which is just on my shelf. And we're gradually, I want to get a nice big vintage Simpsons poster to put in our office as well. But that uh, is awesome. You're my inspiration. I need to oh. get some more. <laughs> well, I will definitely, I will definitely keep you in the loop. I will say, uh, you know, the UK, uh, much like Australia and and places outside the U.S. had some of the most interesting stuff. They just didn't have as much. I will say uh, the U.K. had Harry James, uh, which I, I don't know if that's a common. Uh, I don't know if, if people are familiar with that for making other stuff, but they made Simpsons ceramic, like coin banks and things like that. So you can find a lot of those that were made in the U.K., uh, and, and there are, there are other things that are a little more common, like vivid imaginations made some Simpsons stuff in the late nineties. Uh, but it's not as common, but I will say, uh, some of my favorite stuff is from the UK in those coin banks. And that's something I really nerd out about. So definitely be checking those charity shops. They are usually hideous, uh, and they are fantastic. They're usually, you know, a little bit variant between each one kind of hand painted looking, uh, really, really great. So definitely keep your eyes peeled for those. Gotta be some around. 
Definitely. Awesome. Well, uh, Lydia, look, I had a blast talking about the book. I uh, had a blast just sort of learning more about you and what got you into everything. Uh, it's always cool to learn that about someone else in the community, especially someone that you're, you know, sort of becoming chums with along this process of the Simpsons community. Uh, so I enjoy that not only on a personal level, but for the podcast and, and ongoing. Uh, but before we actually get out of here, do you have any shout outs or plugs? Tell everyone where to get the book, you know, remind everyone about the YouTube, where to follow you, all of that, please do it. Yeah, of course. So The Simpsons Secret, A Cromulent Guide to How the Simpsons Predicted Everything is going to be out on Amazon. Um, It's going to be in Barnes & Noble, I believe, in store, which is really cool. Um, They haven't actually given us a final list of whether or not it's going to be in other stores, but it's released on the 28th of September in America. And then the UK and worldwide release is going to be is pushed forward to late October, but I'm going to confirm that because I'm not too sure. But it's mm. it, it's definitely coming. And um, yes, it's on Amazon. And yes, you can follow the Simpsons Theory on YouTube. Um, check that out. See if it's your gig. If it is, like, please give us a subscribe. And <laughs> we're <laughs> we're at Simpsons Theory across Instagram and Twitter and. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, yeah. Everyone should be following that immediately. I trust that a lot of you already follow Lydia. Uh, check out the YouTube and definitely, definitely get the book. Uh, you know, I, I like I said, I, I am very honored by the shout out, but I'm also just excited to read it. Uh, the cover looks awesome. You got a little quote from Bill Oakley on the front there, I believe. Everything about it just looks great. Um, and that's one thing we're seeing a lot of over over COVID is just Simpsons fans really stepping up, making some great content. Lydia is a prime example of that. And uh, once again, thanks so much for coming on. And everybody, go follow Lydia. Anything else? Oh, I can't think of anything else. It's been a real pleasure. Thank you. Awesome. I'll see everybody next week. If you enjoyed this podcast, check out the official Instagram at Simpsons is greater than or follow me on Twitter at Simpsons is great. If you're curious about me or my Simpsons collection, just search for Bart of Darkness on Instagram and Twitter. Thanks again for checking this out. I'll see you next week.